The Georgetown Hoyas are Big East Tournament champions and NCAA bound. Coach Thompson, I know you love it, big fella. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Towel. Um, a Georgetown basketball podcast brought to you by Thompson's Towel. I'm your host, Armin Heritunian, with my co-host, uh, Brendan. We're back. We're back. It's yes, almost sir. time for the season. It's uh, This will be our preseason preview episode. We're really excited to get going, so uh, we might as well just hop right into it. Um, but yeah. first, we, we just want to start with some news. You know, in the past week... There has been the Big East Media Day up at Madison Square Garden, and uh, and Georgetown held its little media day today, as of today, when we're recording it. And we've, I guess there hasn't been much news coming out of it. I feel like a lot of this is stuff we already knew, but there have been a couple of things. So, um, yeah. yeah, let's hop right into it. So, yeah, with, with the Big East Media Day, um, Ewing took Kudus Wahab and... Brandon Murray up to New York. And the main things we're seeing from that is um, the coaches poll. Um, once again, we're <laughs> towards the bottom here. I believe <laughs> we're, was, uh, we're 10. 10th out of 11. And honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised about that. Like, I, actually, I. I'm a little surprised that we're not dead last. Like, it's, I feel like it's always just a race to the bottom uh, with us and DePaul. So... I guess it's refreshing not to be all the way down there uh, after what happened last year, but we do have a completely revamped roster. So yeah. And I mean, that's what's going into it. I mean, as far as like these rankings, it makes sense that we're down there because after going, you know, winless in big East play, even if you change, yeah, even if you change your entire roster, there's no chance these coaches are going to be like, yeah, they deserve to be, you know, seventh or whatever. Like, it's it, it makes sense. Um, and I guess the other yeah. news that came out of it, not really news. We kind of knew this all along. Jay Heath still doesn't have a uh, a waiver. And I think we'll get into that a little more later. Um, but I wouldn't consider that news. It's just something to note, something to be maybe a little concerned about. Yeah, I, I definitely think, he could be a big contributor for us. Obviously, we saw at BC and Arizona State that this guy can score the ball. And it's like everything that Ewing is saying, they're, they're very hopeful for it. But at the same time, it's it's not, completely not in the hands of the coaching staff or anything yeah. that us fans yeah. of the team could do. So <laughs> but, hopefully we but get we'll, good news. But we'll, we'll get into that a little later when we're giving our takes. Um and then I guess the biggest news from all of this from today's media day at the uh, intact Georgetown um, was the news about Dante Harris. Now this is very concerning. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's away from the team uh, due to personal reasons, uh, which does not bode well uh, with the season uh, less than two weeks away. Um and yeah, wh- how are you feeling about this? Uh, I am scared. This is. There are few things that would have made me feel down about this team going to the season, considering what we're coming off of, and this is definitely one of them. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not happy about this. 
I agree. Yeah, he like Dante plays with such a spirit, and sometimes it can be a little overcharged, and we saw that a bunch last year. Um, but it's you know he's been a focal point of this team, one of the only people that was here uh, when we've had any success in recent memory. So obviously that's a guy that you want on the floor, and the fact that this isn't, I guess, working out for the moment is definitely a cause for concern. Yeah, I, I think we should be a little like, – like he was a little concerned about this. He was poised to be a contributor, and, you know, not having him is slightly concerning. Um, yeah. I guess as for that, you know, we're getting into the season now. We have a totally new roster. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? nine new players, 10 new players. Um, I believe so. Yeah. It's, it's a completely revamped roster. We are looking at new coaches as well between the additions of Brendan Murray, Primo Spears, Jay Heath, a cook, a cook, you know, uh, Bryson Mozone, Bradley is a weirdo, Kudis Wahab, plus some freshmen. <laughs> they add coach Nickelberry, who we found out is going to be, heading up the de- defensive schemes, promoting mm-hmm. coach Clinton Crouch, and hiring Pat Baldwin out of nowhere. I, I'm still convinced that Patrick Ewing hired Pat Baldwin simply because his name is Pat, but uh, that's besides <laughs> the point. Yeah, Look, he's not bringing his son, so. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I think it's a little too late for that. But, look, this team is completely new, completely different, talented, but I don't know if we can make a fair judgment on them yet. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, the rumblings from Kenner League uh, tell us that it sounds like Primo is going to be getting a lot of run. Um, especially with Dante out. That, especially with Dante out. Yeah, it seems like he's going to have to carry a bunch of the load um, as far as guards go. And – Basically, what we've learned is that a lot of the load for this team is going to fall on Brandon Murray's shoulders. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that could go well, that could go poorly. But, I mean, the kid has – the kid is all the talent in the world. And he can he can take up that role that Aminu had and hopefully execute it a little to a higher level. I think he's got the tools to do that. But I guess this – with all these newcomers – it's kind of interesting what the rotation is going to look like. Um, and maybe we could talk about that for a little bit. Like, what is the starting five going to be? Yeah, I think you can definitely throw Primo in there. Um, Brandon Murray, definitely. Um, Kudis will be in at the center spot. And what what's left to figure out is um, – is Wayne Bristol I, possibly in there as a shooter? I don't think it's, I don't think it's Wayne Bristol, man. I, I think, look, from what the Twitter world has speculated from, like, the posts they've had, I think it was supposed to be um, Primo, Jay Heath, but it doesn't seem like that's happening as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Brendan Murray, Akuka Cook, and Kudus Waham. All of a sudden, yeah. there's no Jay Heath. So that so leaves like, a hole at the, at the yeah. three. And this is the problem. Who can you have fill in? Like, okay, Dante Harris has played off ball before, and he hasn't been too bad at it, but he's not with the team. 
<laughs> that that leaves you with um you know Denver England or Jordan Riley who I don't know if he's proven himself enough. I think those are your only two options or you just go huge and like you put a cook a cook at the 3 and um like <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we want to see that. Riley as a we at the 4. This this could be a wild a wild start to the season. Realistically, yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be Primo 1, Denver 2, Murray 3, a Cook 4, and Wahab 5. I think that's the safest option. I Yeah, I like that a lot, and that provides us some versatility as far as the backcourt goes with a bunch of guys that can handle the ball, uh, which, you know, we need we need more of that uh, with this team, guys who can play and make consistently. Yeah. And- and you Hopefully, also you have a shooter. You have a shooter in yeah. England. I mean, this guy's coming in and could also already be like one of the best shooters in the Big East. I agree. Yeah, and the addition of bringing back Kudis um, with all this playmaking, it could be good for the pick and roll. Uh, we I didn't mean, see much success down low last year. Guys were kind of getting bodied. No, uh, but and do you remember? Do you remember um, two years ago when they won the Big East championship? I mean, Kudis was just a black hole on that offense, but it was so perfect oh because God, yeah. they had so few – not so few. They had players who could make plays. But it's just like, you need a basket. You just go down to Kudis. And I think that's perfect. As of now, you have a guy like Brendan Murray who's going to just, like, hog the ball and then a couple of question marks. And yeah. Kudis just t- completely eats those question marks up because you can just constantly feed him the ball. Yeah, I, I I love having Kudis back. It was it was so rough last year having to watch the the Malcolm Wilson experience oh. and how about how about the <laughs> how about the Timothy Ego and the Ego I I remember, yeah. I remember sometimes I so I lived in LXR last year and Tim would be working the door like yeah. you know the day after some games he he was literally a security guard at LXR and yeah. he would work New South he, as well. <laughs> yeah, he would work game or he would work security the day after games and I would just feel so bad walking by him after like he would have like four points, like six rebounds and like he like foul out or something like that. And I just feel yeah. like oh, I, going up against so Ryan Kalkbrenner. Oh, <laughs> going up against Ryan Kalkbrenner in a big East game next night, patrolling the halls of Alex R. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was it was a it was a tough go for Tim and um, we wish him well in the future. Um, yeah, but... Cal Baptist. But I think we're getting a little upgrade yeah. between a Cook and Kudus Wahab. I 100% agree. Yeah, these guys seem, or at least the Cook seems like he can be a lot more versatile. And we've seen what happens when things are right with Wahab. So, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess now we should like move on. We'll just talk about the non conference schedule. So we save another. Uh, some more content for another episode later in the season. Um, but let's yeah. look at these uh, these games. As of now, they're going to play 11 total games. Two of those are in Jamaica, and one of those we don't know who they're playing. Um, mm-hmm. But I was figuring we could break those games up into, you know, games they should win, games they could win, you know, toss-up games even, and then yeah. an impressive game. If they were to win. So, yeah. So, off the bat, should win Coppin State. I mean, 
this team was god awful in their conference last year. I think they had a similar record to us, and obviously not a Big East type squad. So, I think we can count on a win there. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, Green, uh, Green, Green Bay, Bay. I'd hope so. Same deal. Considering considering we're playing them on what is it like the the local Fox network, like Fox Sports or CBS, didn't even want to take our game. Um, yeah, like that's all you need to know. It's it's Green Bay. I think I think we'll be fine there. Yeah, and then Northwestern. This team projects to be really? towards the bottom of the Big Ten once again. You, you think you think that they're a should win team? I I think we should beat Northwestern. I mean, there's been so much uncertainty with Chris Collins. People are wanting him out of the door at this point, and I mean they they bring back Boo Booey, but. Um, they lose um, Pete Nance going to UNC and this team was already not very talented. And, you know, we, we, we can't talk uh, that much in terms of talent, but I, I think that's a game that we really should be taking if we want to have the expectations that we're looking towards this season. Look, I'll, I, I understand that. I would kind of put that more in the, you know, closer to a toss up where we're favored kind of game. I don't mm-hmm. okay, after last season, I don't consider any, you know, power conference opponent unless it's like Nebraska or Oregon State to be like a, a sh- really like sure win. Um I don't think that they're the most spectacular team, but still look, I don't I don't love like preseason analytical projections like Ken Palm without any data, but I think they're still ranked in the eighties and we're one oh four or something like that. So yeah. like, it's it's not a game that this team can just take off. Um, I it, yeah, definitely. But uh, being at home um, helps us for that a good amount. I think definitely. Um, especially and, since they're going to be students there, hopefully. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, but <laughs> that was a I, joke. I think we should. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think we should be able to do some work down low on this team. They they don't have a ton in terms of. Uh, a pain presence. No. So no. hopefully that'll be a game where uh, Kudas can feast. Yeah. I, look, I, I see it being like a, we're a minus 120 favorite or something like that. Like being yeah. home, it should be bigger than that. But like, it's going to be more or less a toss up. But moving on, um, I think against American Battle of DC, there should be no problems there. Same with UMBC. I agree. Um, yeah, UMBC was maybe the best game of the season last year in terms of outcome. I think we won by I think we won by thirty. And, you don't, you, uh, oh, interesting, interesting. I like the Siena game where the uh, what, what was the guy's name? Uh, Stromo, the the big man. He was really good. Oh my he was, god! He was taking yeah. uh, he was taking Tim to town, and his mother was sitting behind the bench, which is like a section <laughs> over from the student section. And we got into a couple of yelling matches. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Like she, <laughs> she was not too happy with the chirping that we were doing. Like all five of us in the student section. Yeah, I mean um, you have you have to when it's one to. guy like that. It's Sienna. Yeah, like it's Sienna. But speaking of which, Sienna, I think we should win that game too. Um, Agreed. I don't think there should be any problems there. And then I guess rounding out my should wins would be the loyal Marymount game in the Jamaica yeah. classic. Uh, 
Same thing. Like, I, I think they're a fine team. I Georgetown's better. Let's just say that. We're better than them. Yeah. Um, They should definitely win that. And then I guess there's – the only question talking about the Jamaica game is who we play after that. It's, all, it's either going to be LaSalle or Wake Forest. I think LaSalle we should win. Wake Forest would be a toss-up in my mind. Yeah. I it should be it should be a fun tournament either way. Um just to get something, you know, a little bit different. And it's it's not Maui, but it's a little bit of excitement getting the boys down to the Caribbean, getting past down to uh, Montego Bay. It's yeah, down yeah. to Montego Bay. That should be fun. Yeah. I think so too. And you know, LMU I think that's definitely something that we can Hopefully, count the wind column. LaSalle, same thing. Um, Wake Forest, though, could be on the tougher side. I just... Yeah, they're, they're a solid team. They're definitely a solid team. Um, just yeah. like just like Loyola, kind of in the same boat as Northwestern. Like, we should win that game, but I'm not over – like, like they're, they're at a certain point, we have to remember that this is Georgetown and they lost to Dartmouth last year. So, like, I'm not going to count out a team that might be slightly worse than us. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, and then I guess for my, for my like, toss-ups, besides Northwestern, which you think is a, um, is a win, I just have South mm-hmm. Carolina and Syracuse. Um, yeah. South Carolina, Gigi Jackson, that's number really it. former number one prospects yes. in the 2023 class. Uh, Actually, yeah, Mont Paris coming in. That'll it's be my uh, that'll be my first game back from Australia. Um, I'm coming down that weekend we literally to watch Gigi Jackson. Um, but <laughs> I'm I am erring on the toss up to could win side. I think they definitely. I think we're definitely the better team, at least more talented. Um, but God knows what Gigi Jackson's going to look like, and he could tear us apart. He definitely could. Yeah, but this is a brand-new roster uh, with the new coach, Lamont Paris, coming in. Uh, no yeah. more of Frank Martin's shenanigans. Um, and it's year one. This is, this is supposed to be a, a bottom of the SEC team, or at least close to exactly. it. Exactly, um, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, with, with how we're projected to be this season, I think that's around 50-50 as far as we know right now. I think 55-45 in our favor. Um, yeah. And then once again, I think Syracuse is extremely overrated. Once again, I don't know once how they again, keep doing it. It it just makes <laughs> sense. Look, they're going to lose like 10 straight games to start ACC play. Somehow going to come out as the 11th seed in the tournament and just make another Sweet 16 because no one wants to play – you know, proper offense against that zone. You know, I'm not even going uh, yeah, to – Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the yeah. rant. But um, I think they're overrated. I think it's going to be a tough game against um, Syracuse up at the Dome. What is it now? Yeah. Whatever. the It's no uh, longer the Carrier Dome. Yeah, they changed the name. Doesn't matter. It's it's a <laughs> dump. That's all you need to know. It's a dump. Um. But as always, that place is going to be rocking, and I think that's going to be a tough yeah. game. JMA Wireless Dome. 
Oh yeah, rolls <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, no, that that'll be a perfect place for all the all the cute scumbags to congregate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I I think that's that's another game that like I could totally see this team winning, but I am mm-hmm. leaning towards a loss there. Yeah, that home court was so big last year, and that was so many. When you talk to anybody uh, my age or um, or your age as well, uh, sophomores or juniors, people talk about that as one of the highlights of their um, oh yeah that was special. experience at Georgetown. It was, was just special. a packed house, unbelievable atmosphere, and now that it's back at Cuse, um, I think that makes a massive difference. Yeah, so, I think so too. Yeah, I I I, I would I would say around forty sixty in terms of our chances in that game. Yeah. And then um I guess I think we agree the one impressive, like really hard game they're gonna have on the schedule, but not impossible. I don't think this is gonna be impossible, is Texas Tech at Texas Tech. Yeah. This like, is a I, really good team. It's a really good team. Preseason but in the top twenty five. They do have their like star transfer. I'm gonna screw this name up. Fardois Fardos. <laughs> I mock, yeah, close enough. Um, the big man out of, I believe, was it Utah Valley? Um, out of Utah, so. amazing player. He's hurt, won't be playing most likely in the Georgetown game. It is in Lubbock. It is, you know, still a very good roster they have there. Who yeah. knows if Kevin, o- if- Kevin O'Banner. Kevin O'Banner, I can already see him putting Kudas in a spin cycle, and yeah, I could, I could see O'Banner dropping forty points on our face, but um, easily, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's completely out there, but I don't expect much out of that game. I agree. I think yeah, it's gonna be close. So, I think it's closer than people think, but not really gonna happen. Yeah. So, um, in your opinion, how many games do you think? we will have in the win column going into the Big East play. I think this that we will have eight wins going into Big East play. Lost to Texas Tech, lost to Syracuse, yeah. lost to Northwestern. I think we'll have nine. Nine? Just add, okay. the, North, add the Northwestern win. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Um. Yeah, no, I, I – I could go either way on Northwestern. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It would just be so Georgetown mm-hmm. to lose to Northwestern. It really would be. <laughs> okay. And right. I guess to close this out, I want to do a couple of just like takes with you. Um, I want to yeah. see what we're thinking. So what is your biggest headline going into this season? I definitely think – it's Brandon Murray being a top of the Big East player, like first team all Big East, taking control of this team and leading us to something better than last year, um, hopefully around like the eight to 10 range in the conference or uh, like seven to 10 range, I would say. Um, okay. Definitely biggest headline is Brandon Murray taking control of the offense. Um, okay. I being like Being able to – yeah, being able to Brennan, take control of the Brennan perimeter. Murray, Brendan Murray, the star, the prodigal son. Um, yeah. I guess mine, and this is new, 
Um, I would have said Jay Heath, but it's Dante Harris being away from the team. Okay. I think that scares me a lot more than it should. Um, being that he's the only like true contributor who's coming back. Yeah. I am slightly concerned that without a player like him, this team could really struggle. Agreed. Um, and then as far as my biggest source of optimism, I think it's Jay Heath. Um, Interesting. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to say Jay Heath. Yes. Jay Heath, you know, we need more scoring from the wing. Um, he's shown that he can – he can shoot the ball. Um, he's the guy that can put up buckets. And if we can get this damn waiver signed um, and get him on the floor, I think that adds a whole new depth to our offense that we're not expecting before. But what happens if the waiver doesn't get signed? Because it sounds like it's just a problem at Arizona State. They don't want to, like, sign the waiver. Yeah. What happens? If, it doesn't, if it doesn't get signed, I think – an unnecessary, like an unnecessary part of the load falls on to Primo's shoulders, falls on to Dante if he's back shoulders. I mean, there's just so many questions in this backcourt right now. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the, having him on the floor is, is a source of hope for me. Um, obviously, you could look at it both ways. Um, I guess my biggest source of optimism going into the season was from this scrimmage they just had at Temple. Um, Brennan Murray dropping 30 points. Whether or not they lost, Brennan Murray dropping 30 points. Seems like they did, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, I think it's almost confirmed that they did, but 30 points out of Brennan Murray, whether it's a scrimmage or not, you know, sometimes they play by wacky rules. You know, players will be allowed to have nine fouls before they foul out or something like that. Whatever they played by, 30 points is a big deal. And that mm-hmm. just proves that this guy is as advertised and, you know, could could really take over this team. Um, I agree. What, what about something you're concerned about, like a little pessimism? Scary question. <sighs> I'm concerned that... <sighs> I'm concerned that a cook, a cook won't be the guy that they're hyping him up to be. I mean, he's been dealing with injuries pretty much his entire college career. Um, never really got to produce much of anything at UConn. And while Ewing is seeing um, or is saying that he's making some impressive strides, we just haven't seen it at this point. And I'm concerned that whether or not he can stay on the floor is something that might mess up this team as far as the front court goes. Yeah, I think I think the injury concerns are like really real. I think they're there and they have to be um, you know, taken seriously. And mm-hmm. also like you're right, he, we haven't really seen much out of him in the past even though he has been injured a lot. Um it sounds like Ewing is in love with him, but I don't know. <laughs> like yeah. what that means at this point. Um, as for me, it's really guard depth. I kind of touched on that with the Dante Harris, you know, headline. But like, yeah. okay, Jay Heath, let's just say, 
God forbid he doesn't get his waiver signed, which the clock is officially ticking. Like it's been ticking for a while now. Um, yeah. But let's just say Jay Heath doesn't get the waiver signed and Dante Harris takes a second to come back. Those are two things that all of a sudden take you down from, I think they have like, was it five guards, six guards on the roster? Now you have mm-hmm. three. Like, honestly, you have Primo Spears. It gets thin very quickly. Yeah, you have Primo Spears. You have Brendan Murray. I mean, it's it's Denver Anglin, who you knew was going to play some role on this team, but not a huge one, all of a sudden being tossed into possibly a starting role. You know, mm-hmm. Bryson Mozone, the bone zone Mozone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know, like, I guess he could play a three, like in the three, but I don't know if I trust him to play real minutes. I don't know if I do either. Same thing with Jordan Riley. There, there are a lot of huge question marks surrounding the guards on this team. And if this team wants to be successful, they need some sort of stability. I agree. Who would you say is your most underrated player going to the year? Um, underrated player, I would say Bradley Ezewiro. And I have I had the lower... same pick. Really? I fine, then I'll then I'll change it. I, I had another one. I was gonna say Denver Anglin. Um Okay. That, that was my other option because Denver Anglin is such a good shooter and he plays with such a high level of intensity that a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't gonna realize like who this kid is. Okay. Obviously everyone knows he's a shooter, but I think it's the other intangibles play speed, you know, playmaking ability, all that stuff that maybe wasn't as hyped up coming out of high school, but we definitely saw at Kenner league that I I think at this point, if it's too late to say, if when he's thrown into a bigger role, he's at least going to play with some sort of, um, overall ability that we might not have thought he could have at a freshman as a freshman. Yeah. And as far as, as a weirdo, like, I think this guy can grab boards for us, um, be someone that is a, like somewhat big body down low that we can maybe throw into a small ball five role. Um, and that provides a lot of flexibility. He's played with B Murray before, um, at LSU and, it could be a good chemistry guy that could get us going in the pick and roll, maybe grab some boards. Um, didn't end up playing much at LSU, but obviously that's a more talented roster than what we're looking at here. Um, but yeah, I, I love the athleticism with this guy and the flexibility that he could bring to our roster. And yeah, for me, that makes him pretty underrated. Yeah. I, um, I have a love affair with this man. I don't know what it is ever since I remember I was studying for finals at the uh, Healy Family Student Center, right? And there's just news out of nowhere. Bradley Ezewiro commits the transfer to Georgetown. I look up his highlights. <laughs> Literally, his only highlight reel on YouTube. Granted, he didn't play much. It was like, I think, 32 seconds. And the last clip was just of him, like, throwing down just a massive poster on some, like, you know, yeah. University of Louisiana Lafayette kid with like five seconds left in the game. I was like, okay, this this guy's a dog. <laughs> this guy's a dog. Um, yeah. And you, uh, same thing. You saw in Kenner League, he just gives you a lot of flexibility. He can play that small ball five, but 
He also has the frame, maybe not the height, but the frame to play five um, normally. Yeah. And look, I think for him, especially because he played like a total of 10 minutes last year at LSU, the bar is going to be set really low and he will be one player who will easily surpass his expectations. I agree. All right, so wrapping up here, um, what would we say is a successful season? What are we looking at for the ceiling or for um, and just overall expectations for the squad? Okay, so I'll start with my floor and ceiling. Um, actually, no, I'll start with my expectation. My expectation is for us to be a lower mid-tier Big East basketball team. I think if they're competing to be a seven seed in the Big East, that is a fairly decent season. Um, and I think that also makes it a rather successful season for me. Like, I think if you are competing in the Big East and not just fighting to not be in last place, that is a step forward and that's a very good you know, step for me. That's a good sign for me. Um, as for yeah. their ceiling, I, I think their ceiling could be, they could be looking as like a bubble team, to be a bubble team. If they pieces drive together right, which I think is the biggest question mark, or one of the biggest question marks is how they come together. If they come together well, there's no saying this team can't be a bubble team, just considering the talent. But then again, I think their floor would be less in the Big East because we don't know what they're going to play like together. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The The floor is definitely where we're at last year, which um, well almost definitely end in a, end in a Ewing firing. Um, yeah. I'm, after I, this I, year. I don't, I don't know if, well, what do you mean by that? Do you mean winless in Big East play or just last in the Big East? Uh, I would say last in the Big East. I, I think anything short of anything short of at least you know scraping a few games off of uh, DePaul, Marquette, Butler, like be, at least a couple of those should fall our way. I, I think um, a successful season would be if we can get into that you know six to seven range, jump Marquette, uh, jump Seton Hall, um, jump Marquette Butler. Sucks. I, I just yeah. I would I would like to say to everybody, I'm on a crusade <laughs> recently that Marquette is quite literally the worst basketball team I have ever seen. <laughs> so if we don't take at least a game from Marquette and at least a game from DePaul and maybe Butler too, I'm like this team is underperforming. Yeah. So yeah, I think a successful season, we would say around the six to seven range. Ceiling, um, I for me, I'm going to go a little more conservative. I think um, NIT team, um, you know, we're, we're, we're still building here. It'd be, it'd be tough for me to see us um, being in, in the contention for an 11 or 12 seed in, in the big dance. Um, but obviously, hope is why we're here because there's no other reason at this point. So. I mean, look, I, I could very easily say a successful season is any sort of postseason basketball. 
I think that's very fair to say. But considering, like, like, at least you would say that if you didn't know what happened last season. But considering they didn't win, you know, a game in 21 straight games, I would say just a step forward is success. Yeah, definitely agree. But, but yeah, I think I think we have a good season ahead of us. It's looking like it's going to be better than last year, and I'm excited to. Uh, That's the plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, see it, watch it firsthand. And just before we head out, I guess I do want to plug the uh, first game against Coppin State. Tickets free are tickets. free. To, yeah, free tickets for mm-hmm. everybody. Um, I love that. So go get your tickets. If you've made it this long and you need two dumb college kids to tell you to go get free tickets, um, good on you. But Coppin <laughs> State – Tuesday, November 8th, free tickets for everybody. Cap one. Cap one, we're back, baby. Yes, sir. Um, I guess that's all from us, from the towel. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.